When I was growing up in my family, oftentimes we'd put up the Christmas tree together. Anybody else have that kind of tradition that everybody gathers together and puts up the Christmas tree? We'd put on the tree. It was back when lights didn't come with the tree. You actually had to put lights on the tree. The tinsel, I mean, homemade and special ornaments, I mean, they didn't look great, but they meant something to us. And then we'd kind of fill in the rest of the tree with you know, kind of the nice ornaments, although we didn't have any breakable stuff because if you've been around me, it would break in moments, especially as a little kid. But the very last thing in all of our Christmas decorations would be the angel on top of the tree. I loved that angel. Now, it was special because you didn't get to put it on every year. We took turns. You know, the image of kind of dad or mom lifting up the little kid as they put it on, and it's all crooked. And then they set it up, and it was an angel that lit up. I love that angel. I still think about that time, that angel peacefully presiding over the Christmas hustle and bustle. And when I was little, sometimes I'd sneak downstairs into the living room and I'd sleep there in the living room under the glow of the Christmas tree. You know, that quiet of the house, the flicker of the lights. You can still find me. I was in our living room last night in the dark watching the flicker of the Christmas tree. I absolutely love that. I go, this is so peaceful. This is what Christmas is all about. I mean, this is what all the songs are saying. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It's about this, right? And I have to admit to you, I don't get that warm and fuzzy when it comes to Christmas as much anymore. You know, that Christmas cheer, that Christmas spirit, you see in all the movies. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I don't slow down enough. That, that could be true. Or perhaps it's because I'm more and more and more aware of the pain, the hurt, the turmoil in ourselves and in the world. Now, don't get me wrong. I still love these ornaments. And I, I still sing along to pretty much every Christmas song all year. Ask the people in the office. I whistle Christmas songs all year. It's, it's annoying, but I love them. But I have to admit, for me, Christmas and, and these little ornaments, you know, actually remind me that this is what I think it's like, or I want it to be like, but it's actually broken. You know, pieces of an ornament that seem impossible to repair. And if we're not careful, that's what happens. You ever feel like that? The world around you, Facebook is telling you everybody else is having a happy Christmas, full of Christmas cheer. But your life seems broken for some reason. When you're asking these questions that don't have an adequate answer, you go, why doesn't my life look like this? I thought that relationship was going so well but what will happen if they leave me? Will anybody ever love me? I'm terrified that that sickness is going to come back or that surgery isn't going to do what the doctor says it's going to do. Last quarter was going so well, 
But after that, it's been hard. What if my business goes under? What if I lose my job? What if my child lets me down? What happens if the greatest fear that I have in my heart comes to fruition? What am I supposed to do with these pieces? Because life seems to go from this to this pretty quickly. Well, I want you to know that God does know what to do with all of these pieces. We're going to spend our time today in Luke 2, verses 8 through 14. Now, Luke is in the second half of the Bible, the New Testament. It's one of the Gospels, which means good news. And we are going to talk about that good news today. We're going to talk about the story of Jesus coming into the world. Now, this story might be familiar to some of us. It's a portion of the Christmas story. We're actually going to focus specifically on the first time shepherds are mentioned in the story. Shepherds and angels are what we're going to talk about today. And in the story, Jesus, spoiler alert, Jesus is born, okay? He's already here. Mary has already given birth to Jesus, and this is what comes next. This is Luke 2, 8 and following. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Sometimes when I read the Bible, I go, what would that be like for us in real life? Like, what if we walked out of these doors, and an angel appeared to us and said, there's a baby born across town? How would you respond to that? Because this was real life. I would probably run back inside. That's probably how, what I would do. I, I would be terrified of that. I mean, so this angel, this bright light saying, hey, babies and stuff, shepherds, over here. You good? And they're going, no, I'm not good. That's terrifying. So it makes sense that the next thing, verse 10, the angel reassured them and says, hey, don't be afraid. You weren't expecting me. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, right out across town, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now these people, these shepherds, they were Jewish. They're people of Israel is another way of... of describing them. And they were hoping, they were anticipating, they were ready for the Messiah. Now Messiah literally means anointed one, means king. And they were expecting the arrival of a great king. And so the angel says, hey, this is great joy. The people of Israel, you've been waiting. It's coming. This is something they would have known. This is Isaiah 9, 6-7. This is talking about the birth of Jesus. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David, the same David, David and Goliath, same guy. For all eternity, the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. 
That's what they're thinking about. And when the angel says, hey, he's here, they're thinking, warrior. They're thinking, mighty king that's going to release us from Roman oppression. Things weren't going well for the Jewish people. There were other people ruling their kingdom, and they're going, we're breaking out tonight, baby. We're going. We're going to go find him, and I don't know how the baby's going to do this, but let's do this. This was the type of king that they were expecting. Like, let's rock and roll. That's what they're thinking. A Thor-like figure that's going to conquer the whole world. That's what it says. Did you notice that in Isaiah? That's what it says. He's going to conquer the world. If you take that literally, they're going, let's go. And if he has a hammer and some lightning, awesome. And so this one angel is joined by a bunch of angels, heaven's armies. Suddenly, this is verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. What an announcement. That's an entrance, baby. And an angel appears out of nowhere and says, he's here, the king, the anointed one, the savior. And if I'm there, I am pumped. Let's do it. Let's play some Black Sabbath. Let's go. He's going to be the Prince of Peace. And we're going, this is it. This is it. We got it. We've got it. Nope. Wasn't what they expected. When do you think the shepherds realized it wasn't going to go down the way they thought it was going to go down? You think years later, maybe? You're like, hey, remember that? Remember that angel? And he said there's going to be peace on earth. He said there's going to be peace on earth. Doesn't feel like peace on earth. Still doesn't. I do this too. I have to admit it. I expect, I expect Jesus to be my own personal warrior. A bodyguard that's that's fighting to put me on top of my own kingdom. Keep me warm. Keep me comfortable. Keep me in control. And I don't understand it when it doesn't feel like peace on earth. It just feels like my life is broken in pieces. Jesus didn't come just to provide an occasion to sing carols or drink toasts eat delicious food, exchange gifts. Those are good things to do. Don't get me wrong. They're good, and we should do them, despite life being in pieces sometimes, because He did come, and it did change things, and He did bring peace to all the earth. Just not in the way we thought. Peace that overcomes our sorrow. Peace that overcomes our future. And the only kind of peace that matters. Now we're going to unpack what it means then for Jesus, this Prince of Peace, to bring peace into our lives. Now some of us, I'm, I'm one of them, we're, we're quick to admit there's inner turmoil going on. There's a lot going on in our hearts, in our heads, in the world, in our country, in our politics. 
This comes in all different shapes and sizes, doesn't it? These broken pieces. So one way for me that it comes out is worry. Got any worriers in the room? They won't raise their hand. They're worried what other people think about them. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so we can have peace from worry. I'm all too familiar with worry. It's the anxiety in me. I struggle with that. I mean, clinically, anxiety and depression. Something that is directly against this thought that Jesus is, is bringing peace, and he's the Prince of Peace. And nothing feels peaceful, I promise you, about anxiety. And maybe it's not anxiety for you. Maybe it's fear for the future or worry about your past. Maybe it's worry about your kids or your job or your situation changing or your situation not changing. Someone, something letting you down. It's what Philippians 4, 6-7 through says. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. There's so much hope in that phrase. It exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, not ours, His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So as we live with Jesus, the Prince of Peace, our hearts, our minds are guarded. And as we pray and as we give it up to God, thanking Him rather than fearing the worst, peace comes that we can't even understand. Because Jesus came, we can rest in God and have peace from worry. Here's the second thing. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, so we can have peace from regret. A few years ago, I went to visit a woman in the hospital here in town. I'd been told that she'd been taken to the hospital for monitoring and they were really nervous. The doctors wanted to keep her overnight to make sure that everything was okay. And that can be a really scary situation. I went into the room, the woman, her husband was there. They, they told me they're worried. They're worried specifically about how that would affect their daughter. And I nodded thoughtfully and I said, oh, I didn't know you were pregnant. How far along are you? Nope. She was indeed not pregnant. They were talking about their four-year-old daughter. I'm a buffoon. So I've never asked anyone ever again. We all have funny stories like that where we put our foot in the mouth. But well, she probably doesn't think it's funny. But there are things in my own life that I'm deeply ashamed of. That's the truth, that I regret. I fall short, way short. I mean, there are people in my past that if you talk to them, they, they wouldn't have the best opinion of me. Can you relate? I regret things I've done. I regret things I've said. I even regret things I've thought. Have you ever thought to yourself, Jesus couldn't love somebody like me? I get it for everybody else, but for me, he does. He knows all of our junk. And He still loves us. I can't change what I did in the past, but I can live with it in a different way. 
Because there's nothing in all creation that can separate me from the God who loves me. Nothing. And that should bring us peace. To know that no matter what, no matter when, no matter how, no matter who, I, if I believe in Jesus, all's forgiven. Period. End of discussion. And that should bring us peace from regret, peace from where we fall short, peace from our mistakes, peace from our brokenness. Third thing, Jesus is the Prince of Peace so we can have peace in relationships. Peace in the people in our lives. You know, it doesn't take much, I think, at Christmas to be reminded of broken relationships because I watch a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies. I'm not making that up. I love them. I mean, someone comes home to save the bakery or the coffee shop I saw one that had an ice cream shop for some reason. In the meantime, broken relationships are mended. They fall in love. Snow falls every time at the end at just the right time. I think I love those because they tie up so neat and tidy at the end. But in real life, those relationships don't get mended quite as easily, do they? When I was a little kid, I didn't understand how painful holidays were. They remind us. They remind us of broken relationships in our lives. They remind us what we don't have, who we've lost, what's not here. Sometimes broken relationships are our fault. Sometimes they're somebody else's fault. Somebody else has hurt us. They betrayed us. They abused us. And these are real and these are serious things and they rob our peace. And in the midst of these relationships, the Prince of Peace comes in and reminds us, says Romans 12, never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. How in the world? Well, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. We can only do this with Jesus. I can't do this on my own. Peace comes when we do good with Jesus, even to our enemies. And it doesn't say that it doesn't matter what they did. It's wrong. It is wrong. It says that's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to live in peace with everyone. Jesus is the Prince of Peace so we can have peace in relationships. If you want to talk about forgiveness and how to let it go, Jerry actually last week talked a lot about that. Go check that out. Even if you're here and you're going, there's something in my life that I just can't get past. Jesus will bring you peace. This is the fourth thing. Jesus is the Prince of Peace so we can have peace in our circumstances. Yeah, here's the one. Here's the one that I like the least. There's war everywhere. There's war in our heads. War in our hearts. War in our homes. Country, world, outrage, pain, hurt. And we desperately are trying to reconcile how peace on earth can live at the same time of all of these other hurts what John 16.33 says, I've told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. 
Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. I'm sorry that's the case, but it is. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. This question's been bugging me. Can Jesus still be the Lord of your life when things aren't going the way you want them to go? Our circumstances, my circumstances, don't have the peace that I want sometimes. Which is fully controlled into my liking. That's the type of peace that I want. Circumstances change. Circumstances are hard. And sometimes circumstances are too big for us. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And He brings us peace not necessarily with our trials and sorrows. He brings us peace with God. He makes that relationship whole. Jesus is the Prince of Peace so we can have eternal peace. And that brings us peace. Now, there are a lot of pieces in there, I know. But Jesus is the Prince of Peace so we can have eternal peace, which helps us have peace in our lives. He brings peace on earth not because the trials and sorrows will be gone. That's what we want. That's what the shepherds want. They wanted Thor. Let's do it. But he's saying, take heart, friends, I've already won. Don't need to have the hammer. I have the cross. And only the Prince of Peace has the power to bring peace to our past and our present and our future. Thor can't do that. Here's the thing I hope you remember today. Here's the thing I want you to take home. Trust Jesus to bring peace out of the pieces. Trust Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to do what He says He's going to do. He's already overcome the world, which means He's overcome any trial and sorrow you have. Bring peace out of that worry, out of that regret, out of those relationships, out of the circumstances. Now this is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. You don't have to talk to me very long before I start quoting it to you, so sorry about that. But this is Romans 15.13. This is my prayer for us. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot crammed into that one little verse. We don't fill ourselves with joy or hope or peace. It's not ours to fill. It's not ours to have. It's God's to give. All we have to do is trust. That's what He's telling us. Trust in Him. Trust in Jesus. Trust that Jesus will bring peace out of the pieces because He can and He will. Maybe not in the way you want. Maybe not in the way you've prescribed or I've prescribed, but He will do it. So here are three quick ways here at the end of our time together to trust Jesus. First, believe. We know sometimes who Jesus is. We know in our head but it, it hasn't translated to our heart. When the angels, they're proclaiming the King, the Messiah, the Lord. Those are the three terms. They use Messiah, Savior, Lord when they're proclaiming Him, when they're, when they're celebrating the fact that Jesus is coming because He's already won. He's bringing us into that right relationship with God. That's why they're celebrating. They're not celebrating about anything other than that. Jesus is a warrior, just not the kind that we thought. He didn't come to conquer man, but He came to conquer death. These are all true. 
we can know them, but do we believe them? Do we trust that Jesus is who he says he is? And Jesus lived a perfect life so that he could step in and take our punishment where we fall short. Jesus died on the cross, rose on the third day because he did overcome the world. He overcame death. And if we believe him, we'll have peace. That's the truth. It's not a fairy tale. It actually happened. It's not a movie. Do we believe? Here's the second thing. Pray. What did MC Hammer say? You got to pray just to make it today. He ain't wrong. Instead of worrying about anything, remember this, we're to pray about everything and to tell God what we need. This is Philippians 4, 6, or 7. Put it on the screen again just so you can see it again. When we feel that lack of peace, we can go to God in prayer. Jesus gives us that type of access. And it doesn't say, and then he gives us whatever we want and takes everything away that we don't. He says he will guard us and protect us because we're trusting in Jesus. So to trust Jesus, we have to believe and we have to pray. And if you feel worry or regret or broken relationships or circumstances that are just spinning out of control, stop because you've got to pray just to make it today. Ask Jesus to be with you. Trust He is who He says He is, that He will provide the peace that the angels are talking about. Believe, pray. Here's the third one. Rest. This is a difficult one for me. Rest expresses trust in Jesus because we're not leaning on ourselves or our own knowledge, but on Jesus for strength. Are you trying to create peace for yourself? Or are you trusting that Jesus will do that for you? He shares the load. He, when we're tired, when we're weary, when we feel like the world is crashing in, the chaos is the word of the day, Jesus says, trust in me, rely on me, and I bring rest for your soul. Trust Jesus to bring peace out of the pieces. Believe He is. Pray. Rest. Now this type of trust can be really hard to live out. It's, it's interesting for us to talk about, but what does it look like in real life? I'd like to share a story of someone from here person who attends the Ridge, and I hope it helps you understand a bit more about what it means to trust Jesus to bring peace out of the pieces. My name is Dennis, and I'm married to Christy, and we've been going to the Ridge for the last 21 years. About four years ago, I, I found myself in a situation I'd never been in before. I had switched um, positions in the company I work for. And it was a position that took on a little more responsibility, or actually a lot more responsibility. And I started noticing that I was more anxious. I was not able to turn work off as I had in the past. I would get home in the evenings, and a lot of times I would find myself not wanting to be around the family, and almost emotionally and, and even um, mentally being disconnected from the family. Dennis has always been a very strong person, and 
a great leader and provider for our family. He has always been very sure of himself and knows exactly what to do. Um, our family, myself, we've leaned on him a lot for a lot of things. And so when he comes to me and he um, is having a hard time sitting with the family at the table because he's struggling with feelings or um, when we were going Christmas shopping, um, a couple of instances where he just, he didn't know if he could go in the store. He was really having a hard time. Um, we just we just kept turning to God and praying. I, I really didn't know what to do besides um, just pray. And so it all came to a head when we left, uh, when I left work uh, over for Christmas, um, I had a full-fledged emotional breakdown to the point that there was a week period where I didn't get out of bed, I couldn't function. It was a circumstance in life I had never experienced before where there was something I couldn't do myself. I didn't have the energy to do, I didn't have the mental capacity to do. And I got to the point that, you know, again, it was just completely relying on Him and just relying on God and every every day just saying, God, I trust you, but what do you want me to get out of this? What do you want me to, to learn from this? It's not something that God wants us to do alone. He brings people into our life to do life together, and that includes, uh, in our case, it was our small group, our church small group that just rallied around us and supported us and, and, and cried with us and, and just did you know just what just was there for us in, in this in this time god has a plan and purpose for everything in our life but at the time i had no idea what his plan and purpose was but coming out of that god's changed me and being a very being more of an empathetic person being more of um, somebody who's less critical and able to uh, understand or at least have the perspective that I have no idea what other people are going through. I barely at the time I didn't know what I was going through and now that I sort of have that sort of self-awareness it gives me that empathy to be able to, to uh, relate to people in, in other other positions. I would like to say that I you know trusted God completely but it was very scary. Now that we went through it it has grown us closer and I'm really proud of this because of how he processed it and how he dug in and um, how he um, went to people to learn about maybe himself and others. We don't know what, you know, every day is going to be like. He still struggles with anxiety and um, we still have to navigate that, but we totally trust God because he brought some really beautiful things from the whole experience. When the angels proclaimed peace on earth, they're telling the shepherds that Jesus, this Prince of Peace, will take the broken pieces in our lives, and if we trust Him, if we surrender our lives to Him, if we follow Him, He takes the broken pieces and brings something beautiful out of them. Is your life full of broken pieces? You struggling? Does all seem like it's lost? What does it look like for you to trust the Prince of Peace this Christmas? What do you have in your head? What do you have in your heart that's holding you back? What would it take for you to trust the Prince of Peace to bring this amazing, incomprehensible peace out of the broken pieces in our lives.
Because even in the midst of these broken pieces, He wants to do something beautiful. I'd like to pray for us. Bow your head. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in this quiet moment, work on our hearts, work on our heads. What is holding us back from trusting You in this way? Help us seek after You. Help us trust You. Help us believe. Help us call out to You and pray. Help us rest in You. To not do it on our own, but to trust that You will. Lord, I am so thankful that You coming to earth isn't just a proclamation of a baby being born, although that is part of it. It's just the the beginning of this amazing story that leads us directly standing in front of the cross and that the cross and what You did on the cross of conquering death brings peace in brokenness, brings peace that I don't get. I understand, but I'm so thankful. So we ask for that peace to come and to be a part of our week. We trust You. We love You. And we're thankful for the cross. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.